Hello, you're listening to the Grand Old Podcast, episode number six, with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Yes, we are talking Celtic as usual tonight. Due to the winter break, we've been left with a, a lack of content, so we're <laughs> going to take a look back at what has already happened and look uh, look back at the, the first six months of this season, the first six months under the god that is Brendan Rodgers. Um, we're going to do all that after we look at the latest news from Celtic, who are actually in Dubai somehow at the moment, um, and then we're going to we're going to look at our hopes for the second half of the season as well. We've got a lot of awards to go through for the half season, so it should be a, should be a good podcast. Looking forward to it as usual. I'm joined by John McGinley yes. and Paul Fisher. How are you guys doing? Not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, we, always a weird weekend when Celtic aren't playing, but even more so when it's not an international break too. So, uh, bit of a mm. kind of. No, you've, got, you've, you've got the Snapchat to go on, John. Oh, you've got Summer Harrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love, I love, uh, I love watching the, the team uh, not train in Dubai. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they're having a real good time, don't they, Paul? It seems like a holiday rather than a training camp. But I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's just what the perception we're getting. They need a wee break. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely deserve it. I think after after the, the start of the season they've had, um, I'll come at you straight away. Then, John, give us the the latest goss from uh, Celtic, starting with a, a man called Abui. Yeah, well, Abui is on the verge of signing. Um, as we said on the last podcast. Um, he is pretty much done and dusted but does have the um, slight roadblock of the work permit to come which I looked into that after the podcast um, on Wednesday and he will have to have an appeal he doesn't meet the automatic criteria for a work permit so basically how that works is a a footballing panel um, by the SFA uh, convened to discuss whether he's of quality to, to benefit Celtic and Scottish football so it's, I see it as a formality. I, I can't see anything happening where it wouldn't go through. I think he's a highly rated player and I'm sure there'll be testimonial from his coaches and manager at Krasnodar or something just to say that he's um, of the quality needed. Um, so once that goes through, um, he should become a Celtic player and he's actually in Dubai already. Um, I don't think he's trained. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's not allowed to train with the team, I don't think. And I think Celtic just want to respect the appeals process of the SFA, etc., but he's he's with the squad, so he's getting to know them. I think at least, so that's a positive. Good, good. Um, what's Jim Farry's son up to? He's not working at the SFA <laughs> appeals committee, has yeah, he? I hope not. I hope That'd not. be a worry, yeah. but I hope not. Um, Paul, I mean, have you you learned much about this guy? There seems to have been a, a wee bit. There was a, a Russian expert was on uh, Super Scoreboard the other night, and he seemed to shed a wee bit of light on this, this boy. Uh, it seems to be a player that hasn't had that much in, in terms of first team experience, but. Seems to have impressed so far. Um, I think we we all kind of put two and two together with the link with with Colo Touri, um, mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers, and the Ivory Coast thing. Um, he must become highly rated if he's in there in their international squad at nineteen. No, he's yet to get a cap, but at that age, getting into the international folds no mean feat for for any country really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's a, that's a good that's a good way of looking at it, and the fact that. Um, he's, he's young. He is nineteen. Is is really good as well. I think he, he could he could come right into the team hopefully and and see what he's made of. I was actually looking at the the Afcon squad for Ivory Coast and neither Toure or Abue are in the squad, which I think is is quite interesting. I, mean, I assumed that Colo Toure would be would be a certainty to be in that squad, but I mean it, it's good for us the fact we're not going to if we do sign Abue we're not going to miss either of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, will, will Ambrose be away? Oh, that's a good call. I don't actually know that big miss. I feel like I, I, I wouldn't know think that. so. I wouldn't no. think so with the lack of first team football. I would think that would have an impact, surely. 
or the I'm, I'm maybe I'm misremembering, <laughs> but I'm not sure. But Nigeria maybe one of the teams that didn't qualify or something crazy like that. Um, surely they're in mm. it though. I don't I don't actually know. Um, yeah, knowledgeable yeah. podcast. Well, it's, it's not it's not not relevant in the end because AFA Ambrose is is very much uh, been out of the the squad since about what August or something like that. Yeah. Um, what about other transfer targets then, John? I've got a couple of names uh, down here. The first one's Henry Lansbury. Yeah, uh, Nottingham Forest player. Um, he was linked with us this week. He's also linked with like um, a number of players that seem to be um, linked with us, the likes of Aston Villa, etc. Um, and there's talk of him that it would cost up to um, maybe three or four million pounds to, to bring him to Celtic Park. Um, I think Aston Villa are maybe the favourites to, to get this guy. Um, he's former Arsenal player. Um, I think he. I think he's the captain for Nottingham Forest. I think. Um, I think uh, Aston Villa have already uh, made inquiries about bringing him. So we're maybe a bit bit behind on that one. Especially if we're bringing in a buoy. He was maybe just a name that was maybe on our radar before and now isn't. Um, and there's a couple more um, that we're linked with since last, pod- last podcast. Um, there was a young French defender, a 19 year old. He is called Jean Kevin Duverne, apparently. Um, obviously, none of us know much about him, but he plays for a league league two team, Lons or Lens, um, if you're Scottish like me. Um, <laughs> and apparently, we are one of the teams that are looking at him. But he's also linked with a number of Premiership clubs. Apparently, he's highly rated. But who would know that? Um, mm-hmm. So that's maybe one to keep an eye on for the future if we're we're looking for a defender. And then the last one was a Dynamo Zagreb player, a former teammate of Jozo Simunovic. Um, a 19-year-old right. called Philip Benkovic. Now, I think this one was kind of wrapped up. He, he was linked with us, and then it was one of those ones a couple of days later, it's kind of off it again. But apparently Dynamo Zagreb rate him at maybe £17 million or something like that. So uh, this definitely out of our range. Um, but he's been a key player for Zagreb since Simunovic left, or just has emerged this season as a key player for them at the back. So um, another interesting name, but... Nothing concrete apart from a buoy this week. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting point you made on on the show last week that these names that you hear about mm-hmm. seems to be gone. Gone are the days where you hear the rumor and then we sign them a few weeks later. It seems yeah. to be the sight the signings we get, like um, thinking back, like Wanyama uh, and players like a buoy that just seem to come out one day and then the next day they're pretty much the, the deal was done. It seems to be quite a clever new way of doing it, Paul. Yeah, it does. It's, it, I quite like it. Um, the speculation, obviously, it, it's what the transfer window's all about. You want to talk about these guys. I always look back um, on years gone past and who the different players we've been linked with and then seeing how funny it is where they end up and things like that because some of them hit the heights and some of them don't. But the way that we've been going about it just now is good. I think it keeps it under the radar and then the players come in, they get to work and then they come into the team, they, they, they do their work and if they don't make it, they don't make it, they move on. But as we've seen recently, a lot of them come in, get first-team football, have a couple of seasons, and then we sell them on for big bucks. Yeah, certainly the, the model that we've become accustomed to over the last few years. Uh, anything else, guys, from, from the current Celtic uh, news, or will I move on to the awards? Yeah, just move on. I don't think there's much else. Um, obviously, the squad are in Dubai just resting up and recuperating. And I think there's all sorts of... We were joking before, but there's all sorts of club media following them out. Um, there was an interview with Simunovic up on the Celtic Facebook page, so if you're into that, if you want to keep track of that, then that's the place to go for that. 
Yep, defo. Um, right, half season awards. We're going to take a look. We have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. awards um, from the for the first half of the season. I've actually yes. changed the wording of a couple of them, okay. so I might catch you out later on, okay. guys. But we'll find out. We start with the most improved. Then, guys, we'll we start with uh, the player that has improved the most over the course of the season. Um, do you want to kick us off, John? Yeah, well, I think there's an obvious contender here. Um, so maybe we should talk about others before we talk about the main man. Um, most improved for me this season a, a contender at least um, would be Scott Brown um, he had a dreadful well not a dreadful season but he was fairly poor towards the end of Ronnie Dyla's uh, reign um, but he's come on to be the, the leader and the captain that we know he can be um, and definitely and in with a shout for this most improved player award yeah, I mean, I mean Scott Brown. I think when you you compare the performance that is singled out from last season was the the cup semi final against Rangers, where to be honest, he was he was absolutely bullied uh, by Andy Halliday. And I think when you compare it to the performances he had and or he's had in the three old firm games this season, um, he has been he's been absolutely excellent uh, in all three of them. He is a player, Paul, that has just massively improved, and he seems to be loving playing under Brendan Rodgers. I know, a hundred percent. He's he's one of the ones I've had and like, I've highlighted. That he, he has really improved a hell of a lot. Um, I wouldn't have him as number one on my list. Uh, as John said, there's a standout, and I think we all know who that is. But I was going to throw another name into the mix, which would be James Forrest. I think he's he's, yeah. he's come back into the the form that maybe seen five five years ago. Um, he's been playing games, and he's. I think that the key thing um, that's changed for him is he's scoring goals. I know he's only scored six goals, but I mean I remember last season he only scored about two or three um, in the whole yeah. season. And he's struggling to get a starting place, and now he seems to be the go-to guy. He's ahead of Paddy Roberts, and um, he's he's really really shown what, what he can do. So he, James Forrest is one of the ones I think is improved yeah. a hell of a lot. He's he's just added the final ball to his game as well, um, or at least more consistently than he did. Um, still occasions where he makes the wrong decision, but he seems to be not only getting into the areas that make him effective, but then following that up with uh, a pass to Sinclair or Dembele or Griffiths. Um, whereas before he might have made the wrong decision um, took the ball too far um, much in the same way that kind of Roberts has done this season just that kind of uh, decision making it's not greed it's just that they're, they're thinking they can take on a man uh, one one step too far and lose the lose possession so um, definitely in with a shout for this another for me would have been Tom Rogic uh, Hamish what do you think about that? Uh, well, Tom Rogic um, I think we all know Tom Rogic he's, he's probably I think the most underrated player in our team. I think he's the the most integral player to, yeah. to the way we play. And I think I think when he's missing from the team, he's the one maybe alongside Scott Brown that you'd notice the most been missing from our team. Um, I'd maybe uh, I'd maybe say he, he has improved this season, but I think he was good last season as well. I think he had he was always for me one of the kind of the players that stood out last season yeah. out of a, a kind of bad bunch. You think of the. The infamous game that I keep touching on the the semi final at Hamden mm-hmm. uh, against Rangers and he 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 comes on he scores a goal I know I know he ends up missing the penalty but he was he was good when he came on that day you think about the Kelly goal probably the highlight of all last season yeah. uh, that goal at Rugby Park yeah. in the last minute so th- that would maybe slightly um, take him out of the running uh, for mm-hmm. that but but he's been brilliant. Um, the the one I've got down here is uh, chucking a, a cannon into the the works <laughs> is. Um, Mikael Lustig. Oh. I think I think he he's a player that um you think of his injury troubles he's had over the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. I think he was always a five or a six player out of out of ten. I think this season Mikael Lustig is 
turned into the player he was yeah. maybe six months after he first joined. He he looks much fitter than he's ever been before. Um, and I, I think I, I really like Mikel Lusig. I think he's a, a really good fullback to have at the club. He's just he's just solid, isn't he? Um, solid in defence yeah. and offers a, a decent presence in attack as well. Um, I would I would I, I hadn't even considered him for this kind of most improved award thing, but. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think there's an obvious one, though. So to, which, I, yeah. go, go to the Armstrong in the room then, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think we would all... Um, this might be probably the only one that we would we'll all agree on. Um, Stuart Armstrong has, has been a revelation. Uh, he's, he's, the work he's doing and the position that he wants to play, I think if you look back when he was at Dundee United, you've you seen what he could do and why Celtic signed him. always thought he was a better signing than, than Mackay Stephen when the, the two of them came in. And it's proven to be that way, especially this season. Kai Stephen only be a couple of games, and and Stuart Armstrong, you wouldn't dream of not having him in the in the squad, even. But certainly starting eleven, nearly ten goals for the season, countless assists, and turning games on their head. Like the, the Motherwell four three game, what he did in that game was was phenomenal. Like we could have, we could have easily lost our unbeaten run if it wasn't for him in that game. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, John. Yeah, I I mean. Like I said last week, we should just name this three, the Stuart Armstrong podcast. Um, for me, absolutely <laughs> our most improved player. Um, just to think of where he was under Dyla, kind of languishing on this kind of left left wing kind of attacking midfield position to the the progress that he's made off the pitch that none of the fans were privy to until he just kind of burst onto the scene in, in place of beat on one day. Um, I think the turning point for him this season was when he came off the bench in the Rangers game and scored the fifth of the five goals at Celtic Park um, and from that moment on he's just he's never really looked back and it's great to see um, and he seems like a, mm. a nice intelligent lad who just wants to yeah. enjoy playing his football for Celtic and um, just wants to get his head down and work hard and, and please bend to Brendan Rodgers um, so I, I just hope that his kind of current trajectory goes on because um I don't know where that could end. I don't know how good a player he could be. It's difficult to say, obviously. Um, I mean, Stan Petrov was in the media this week singing his praises, which was interesting given the comparisons between the two players. Um, and Stan Petrov seemed to think that he could go on to be a, a very um, a, a very elite player um, for Celtic or in the English Premier League, this kind of box-to-box midfielder that you don't really get nowadays because the midfield roles have just all been... Um, so fine-tuned by managers and, and stuff to, to kind of play a very specific role in the midfield. Stuart Armstrong's kind of doing it all, and I think that's very valuable to a team, and especially to a team like Celtic. Yeah, I'll, I'll refer you to Hugh Keevan's quote, because we always like, that's always, that's always <laughs> a good that. way, to, way to kick off the, the most improved player. Um, if you sign enough players from Dundee United, you'll turn into Dundee United. <laughs> that was a Hugh Keevan's quote. So I'll, I'll just I'll raise him Stuart Armstrong there. I think Stuart Armstrong is a player who when we signed I think we were all really excited about the signing we all thought that this guy yeah. I think the word the word you think about he's got a brain isn't he he's a player who you think he's got a brain he knows what he wants to do yeah. seconds before he does it, it was funny that there's always massive potential yeah when he signed I think most excitement was around Gary Mackay Stephen but if you spoke to Dundee United fans they were more concerned about losing Stuart Armstrong um, because Gary McKay-Steven yeah. was the player that everyone knew from United because of his showreel highlights where he would uh, take men on and do a fancy trick. But it was Stuart Armstrong. I mean, a lot of my friends support Dundee United and it, they, they, he was the player that they were most hesitant to lose um, 
when Jeff, yeah. Jeff J and GMS and stuff came from from the club. Yeah, he, he's. Um, I can't speak highly enough of him. I think um, you could argue that it's even maybe in the second half of the first half of the season mm-hmm. uh, that he, he's come into his own. I, I think the he was one of the players. I think that played pretty much every game in the month of December. When you yeah. think about it, and I think that that's a massive um, statement from the manager that, that this guy is an integral part to the team. I think giving him the captaincy against Dundee was a massive statement as well. Um, we do talk about Stuart Armstrong so much in this podcast, but I think with, with reason to, because I think I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think he's, when you look at sellable assets, and we don't want to sell our players, of course, but you look at sellable assets, I think he'd be in the top, uh, certainly top three or four yeah. uh, with the potential he's got. I think it's only a matter of time before he's part of that Scotland squad as well. I, think I would imagine been, so. Uh, for the game yeah. against Slovenia. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're all agreed yeah. uh, that will be the one and only. The first award. Agreed, I think um, we should have. Uh, yes. we should have bought awards to send to the players, but we'll just have to tweet <laughs> them or something. <laughs> yeah, we will. Well, we can we can stick them all up on on the the Twitter later yeah. on because I think they'll probably go down quite well. <laughs> um, the the next one's a good one. It's uh, your best moment. I've changed it to favorite moment. I think uh-huh. of the season. Um, this and the one we've got coming up. Favorite goal, maybe quite similar. Certainly, all all the ones I've got written down. Yeah. I've got four written down are all are all goals. Um, have any of you guys gets one that isn't a goal? The the one I've got a, f- a few written down. There's a f- been a few good moments in the season, but the one that isn't a goal is um, being back in the Champions League. Uh, group stages, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 always huge for for us. And when you, the last couple of seasons with Europa League, and there's just not that same hype about it. And then I know the draw. We no, but we can't not be enthused about the draw. But um, the draw was maybe a wee bit kind of boring, the same as what we're used to. Um, but getting to play teams like Barcelona and Man City and all that, and the atmosphere at Celtic Park on these these games is is second to none. It's kind of what we we aspire to to get into towards the last sixteen to have that back. I don't, I don't think it's my top one though, but I, I, it's it's one that isn't a goal. <laughs> so um, there's a few goals out there you, you can remember. Um, the other one I think was the the League Cup um, semi final that goal. And the 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 eighth minute, me and you, oh. it was just fantastic, I, you know. Um, I, I've got that written down as well, but I think the fact I lost my house keys from the <laughs> Bellis Sport probably probably sours it slightly for me. Um, but that, that was amazing as well. That was a an absolutely fantastic day. That I, th- I think the number number one on mine for best moment or favourite moment, just for for sheer elation, was um, straight after Tierney scored against Man City. I think that was just. Brilliant! The, the way everybody reacted. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that, that's a, an example of something that might not win best goal, but would win best moment because it was a yeah. it was an own goal and it wasn't very pretty. But that moment was kind of summed up that part of the season. Yeah, on you go then, John. Yeah, I, I, there was just one. There was a, a few uh, listeners or uh, fans of the Twitter account sent in a few moments um, of over the years that got me thinking about this best moment category. Some of the kind of more unconventional moments that happen. Um, when you're supporting Celtic, um, one guy, and I'm trying to find his name, one guy uh, was a, a extra on River City, and uh, apparently in, t- in 2003, and when John Hartson uh, equalised against Celta Vigo, um, apparently went into the River City canteen to find everyone going absolutely mental. <laughs> so I thought that was a, <laughs> that was a good uh, that was a good wee shout. Um, there was another one here um, who the guy. 
missed the first ten si- for sorry the first ten minutes of the city game um, because he had t- yeah, ticket problem. Nathan Kilgore. Nathan Kilgore, that's right. Um, and he had uh, Dembele's goal in the queue at the ticket office, and apparently everyone men- went mental. And I thought that was my <laughs> that's a good contender for actually winning our award. It's just that kind of the idea of all these fans really pissed off because they've not got their tickets standing in a queue hearing a goal <laughs> go in and going absolutely berserk regardless. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I'm just thinking there when you're, you're talking about kind of the, the ticket office and the, the queue kind of side of things. Um, I think uh, the original day, the, the first day of our season, which was Brendan Rodgers being unveiled as a manager, that that was a pretty amazing day. Looking back, like twelve thousand fans turning yeah. up at Celtic Park yeah. to see yeah. to see not not a game of football, just a man, a guy, yeah. a guy turning yeah. up. Um, that that was the buzz that day. It was a, if I remember well, it was a baking hot day. Um, just had the 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 t shirt on, nothing else, and going to Celtic Park to see Magic. this um, massive name uh, becoming our, our club's manager. That that was a pretty special moment as well. Um, the other two, I've got Tierney written down here against City. I've got the one I mentioned in Belly at Hamden against Rangers. Yeah. I've also got. Uh, a Dembele goal against Rangers um, it's one from the 5-1 game my favourite one and I know there's a bit of a debate here about what's yeah. your favourite Dembele goal from that date my one is the hat-trick one really um, I, I just I, there's something about that goal I don't know if it's the fact it's Joey Barton of right. all people sliding in yeah. to try and stop it but uh, I think it's just such a, his first touch on the right foot brings it onto the left and smashes it into the net for his hat-trick yeah. it's the fact it's in front of all the Celtic fans opposed to you know how where there's a kind of half and half split the other side yeah. because it was in front of a whole stand of Celtic fans um, I love that one the other one I've got written down is uh, from your own personal experience how you, you love moments was uh, the the Stuart Armstrong goal at Fur Park uh-huh. right after they, they scored to make it I think was it 3-2 um, Stuart Armstrong we go right up the end of the park Roberts plays it in and Armstrong kind of squirms into the net and that was uh, that's up there for that me that was a be- um, beautiful pass from Roberts that was maybe the pass yeah. that will be the pass of the season that we'll, we'll see this season yeah yeah, who, who I'm giving it to? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like I, I like giving it to I like giving it to Nathan Kilgore for his uh, Q celebration. I don't know why. It's just something weird about that. Yeah, there's one um, more into the mix that we might have missed. An obvious one: um, the League Cup final. Yeah, the, the fact the that trophy. how how dominant we were on the day, winning the first trophy under Brendan Rodgers, hundred trophy, hundred trophy, yeah, stuff. One, yeah, um, the, the 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 whole atmosphere that day. It was just we just had a big sense of. This is this is happening. We're going to do it, uh-huh. and then we 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 turned up at Hamd and we showed that there's there's nothing to be scared of from Aberdeen and and the goals on that day as well were just phenomenal. That, that whole kind of maybe three hour period just before it and just after the game was brilliant. So we we need to distill this into this kind of this moment of of kind of realization yeah. that the season's going great. So I'm thinking maybe about changing mine to the full time whistle um, away to Hapoel Beersheva. Um, no one that would qualified for the Champions League, right? Just, <laughs> I, I've got a um, mo- moment it clicked. I've got uh, I, I'm going for the Beersheva one as well. Um, yeah. in, a, in a roundabout way, it's it's probably not going to win this because it's not a moment. Mm-hmm. But I think the the Beersheva game at home, the fact that we went 
three two. We went. We're three 0 up, and we'd all booked our, our planes to the Champions League group stage, hadn't we? Yeah. And then they they came back, scored two goals. But then the fighting spirit from the team to go and win five two. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a real good kind of moment for me. Um, but in terms of actual moments, I don't I don't know if you anything else, Paul. Um, I think that's that's all the kind of moments that I I, I, I like the the mother the Motherwell one as well. Coming from behind is is brilliant and. The way that the team reacted, but I don't know. I, I just I think the Tierney um, city for me is, yeah. is, is just the, the, the. I remember we were watching it together, and the way that we all kind of reacted because it was yeah. Tierney as well. Um, it was just a relation. It was such a good goal as well, wasn't it? It was like a really well worked goal against yeah. the best team I, in England at that point. If you didn't, if you didn't see the replay of that goal. It would be even better because <laughs> you see it in the, the first in the flesh. It was it was phenomenal. You, you thought it was him, and then it was oh, it was taken off from his own goal. But I think that that ten fifteen second period when he ran away and the, the picture after it as well, the the pure joy on his face. I, I don't think we'll, we'll top that. That's a strong argument. Yeah. I don't know if I could argue against that. Yeah, congratulations, Raheem Sterling, on the best <laughs> moment of the season so far for your own goal. Um, no, we'll give it to Tierney against yeah. uh, Man City. Yeah, yeah that, that was amazing. Amazing moment. Um, we'll go from, from the good to the bad now. Um, worst moment, guys, mm. of, of the season so far, John? Um, for me, I'll throw a nomination in, is the 7-0 defeat. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm with That's you. the only yeah. thing I've been running down. Yeah. Is it right? What about um, Lincoln Red Imps as well then? Lincoln Red the Red Imps is the only game I've not seen this season. Um, right, and I'm not <laughs> going to watch it now. It's it's too long ago and it will no. hurt me. Yeah, um, don't I, missed, it. I missed it. I missed the game. I, I think it was playing bowls. I um, think expecting mm, expecting us to win. <laughs> well, one of you guys can talk about the seven 0 game. I'll go into the the Lincoln Red Imps game. I, I think for me that's a contender for just absolute worst moment. Not just because of the result, but just because of all the positivity that was going into that match, like Hamish was saying um, that day when Brendan Rodgers arrived at Paradise, all the positivity yeah. coming out from that. And in that game, we just looked as bad, if not worse, than under Ronnie Dyla. And of course, <laughs> of course, there was circumstances to to kind of go along with that. Like Rodgers hadn't had much time with the team, etc. The players weren't fit, etc. But that kind of feeling of dread of realising that maybe Brendan Rodgers isn't what we thought that he was going to be has has got to be up there for just for worst moment. It's just that a goal going in and realizing, oh, we've still got a lot of work to do here. Um, that's definitely yeah. a contender for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll add the fact to that that it was on my twentieth birthday that game, <laughs> uh, and Musa Dembele's twentieth birthday as oh, well. Oh, really? Um, that that that, uh, that game happened. That was his debut as well. So that that was a. That put a bit of a dampener uh, on yeah, that night. I agree no with doubt. you. It was kind of, it was just, it was, it was horrible. It was a, a, a performance that would have probably looked out of place even in Ronnie Dyla's team, to be yeah, totally honest. Yeah. Um, but I think there was always a feeling we'd turn it round. That's what maybe yeah, just that separates that, yeah. it slightly, slightly for me. Um, I, I'll go into the the Barca then because mm-hmm. that was um, that that was horrible for me. That's my worst moment because um, simply as a Celtic fan. A, we're, we're definitely we're not we're not used to losing, yeah. and B, we are certainly not used to being humiliated. And that night was painful to watch. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I think I was chat, I think I was chatting in uni the next day. Uh, Ian King actually, and he he was saying that um, that that was the first time that Kieran Tierney had looked like a boy. Yeah, uh, and he did that night, yeah. and I, they all looked like boys out yeah. without an age yeah, exactly. because we get we got absolutely um, absolutely hammered. Um, 
you can say all you want about the penalty um, Dembele scores that I don't care Dembele scores that I think it finishes maybe 6-1 mm-hmm. instead because mm-hmm. we just weren't up for it that night uh, it was painful to watch Barca um, we've kind of touched on it privately haven't we about the whole Barca thing that they come and they take the piss out of us and then they leave yeah. um, it, it, was, it was very much that that night and that, that hurt me a hell of a lot I think John. I, I think I, I would maybe change my argument for my nomination <laughs> from Barcelona to Red. I was just listening to the two arguments because right. Barcelona is the biggest European defeat we've ever had. Yeah. But is the Red Imps the worst we've ever had? Yeah, I, absolutely. In our history, yeah, yeah, in because history, Barcelona superstars probably one of the best teams ever assembled. Hammering seven now. It's the golf is is big, and we, we talk about the golf in Scotland. It's probably the same as as when we hammer a team in Scotland. It's the same resources and all that kind of stuff. But football doesn't work like that. But it worked like that on that night. Celtic looked starstruck, and they didn't turn up. And as soon as the, the third goal went in, you just knew oh, we're in for a hammer here. And how many is it going to be? Um, it happened at the, the time we were over there, and Samara scored the the late yeah. goal as well. Um, they can turn it on, and they can do it against any team. Um, mm-hmm. So that 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 kind of points me towards the only Red thing. Imps. I mean, I I'm, I I know I argued the case for Red Imps, but just to to argue the case a little bit for Barcelona, is that that was a much more high profile game, and that's going to go down in our history as our worst ever European defeat. People are going to remember that. I don't think people will remember the Lincoln Red Imps game. It'll become a a trivia question on Brendan Rodgers' time at Celtic, given the way that um, we've improved since. Um, so. I think a lot of people will forget about Red Imps. That 7-0 defeat, that's going to sting for a while. I think we're going to remember that for a while. Um, and I think, you know, fans around the world, obviously, that's a much more high-profile game on the on the big stage, on the world stage, back in the Champions League, and we'll get absolutely slaughtered 7-0. It was, it was, in a way, even more embarrassing than the Red Imps game um, because, of course, Barcelona are a massive club, all this money, all this talent, um, but to see Celtic just dismantled like that so routinely and not being able to do anything about it was just so disheartening. Yeah. Um, so you guys, what, what, what are we giving it to? Um, I'll, I'll put my my vote down for, for the new camp, but I suspect it may be outvoted. No, I th- I'd actually think maybe the 7-0 game. I think that's the right, really? yeah, the right call here. Yeah, I, th- I think I think as bad as the Redemps, you know, John makes a good point, the Barcelona game will be remembered and um, until we lose 8-0 to Barcelona in a couple of years then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. Um, no, no, but uh, I think losing seven 0 is not the Celtic way, and um, we can't accept it. Yeah, I agree completely. Seven uh, 0 Barca takes the the worst moment of the season. Maybe avoid tweeting that one, John. Yeah, tomorrow. I think so. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, favorite goal. I've changed this from best to favorite, um, so it kind of brings in your own feelings towards yeah. it. Uh, so, so, so your favorite goal. Um, I, I've actually got Tierney against City written down, but I'm going to change it because we can't give it to the same uh, award. Um, I'm trying to think of, of other ones. Obviously, the ones against Rangers mm-hmm. uh, are, are always kind of quite quite liked goals. The ones at Motherwell as well. Um, also, Dembele's overhead kick against Man City. Belter. Yeah, for me, it's absolutely um, Mr. Dembele's second goal against Rangers at Celtic Park. Um, the way that he took the ball. And his uh, former teammate, Philip Senderos, was uh, coming in to tackle him. He just took the absolute mick out of him. He just, I've <laughs> never seen it. Like, I've not seen anything like that um, against... Senderos is still in the deck. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a, a very iconic moment. And then the way he just kind of curled the, the ball with outside his foot was just so beautiful. And it's a goal that's my favourite, not because of... Obviously, I was there and witnessed it, but... It's my favourite goal because it's the goal this season that I love to go back and, and watch. 
Um, the way the camera angle was just caught perfectly, the crowd in the background had caught perfectly uh, the standing section in the Green Brigade um, dressed as the Irish Chickler um, in the background. And every time that the ball goes into the net, you just see them all jumping up um, in unison. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a magical sight. Was it you that pointed out, um, and it's a fantastic spot, um, that the hoardings behind the net when he scores, yeah. it, does it not go from game on to game it over does, yeah. right when he scores? Yeah, the LED board advertising, um, obviously not by design, but um, just the way it <laughs> changed perfectly from game on to game over. Just as soon as we went, um, Dumbelli put us, uh, put us uh, two nil up. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely my favourite goal of the season. I'll, I'll bring you in a second, Paul. First of all, I'll read out some of the the views uh, from you guys. We've got Kieran Poland. Um, he, he's tweeted us in. Uh, he's saying the, it's a tie for him between Dumbelli's overhead kick against Manchester yeah, City. Shout. And also, um, I think one that Paul quite likes. I'll ask Paul in a wee second. Lee Griffiths free kick against oh, Beersheva. Yeah. Um, E-Tims have tweeted us in as well. They said Dembele's penalty. I assume they're referring to the one oh. Astana and yeah. uh, not against Barcelona. Another good shout. Um, a real range of, of shouts here. Liam Heron saying Scott Sinclair goal at Tynecastle. Another really important goal looking back. Um, yeah. That was in his debut, yeah. of course. Bishop Croza, CSC, Rogic away at Aberdeen. Uh, he also says, always good to come away from a hard game against the biggest challengers. Mm-hmm. With a classy winner. <laughs> um, six, six in a row, here we go on Twitter. Dembele at Hamden, the semi-final. Paul McVeigh agrees with you, John Musa ripping Senderos yeah. apart for the second goal at Celtic Park. Rogic at Hamden, a close second Chris Byrne, probably Dembele equaliser at Ibrooks, only because I was at work and my phone flashed. I looked at it when I could and hope, and we'd scored a great moment. Chris Henderson, big fan of the show, also saying cheeky Rogic goal against Aberdeen in the league or the last minute Sevco slaying semi final winning back heel double nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> Belter tweet of the day, yeah. Um, but Bobby Dembele, no surprise, he's going. I think that's for, his real name, uh, Bobby Dembele. <laughs> his, his, his brother, he's going for his brother Musa. Um, his third against Rangers in September. Ben Sin Rogic against Motherwell or Sinclair at Ibrooks. That's another two really good shouts there. Ewan going for either Dembele's last minute penalty against Astana or his second against Rangers. That one, mm. obviously, where he tore Sinder yeah. apart. Um, I'll come on to a few of them, the other ones later on. Paul, give us give us your thoughts. Um, I you did mention it. I think um, I don't think this goal for me will be top to uh, this season. Was Griffith's free kick against mm-hmm. against Apple Beersheva? I remember mm-hmm. um, this was the kind of moment I thought in this season that this team are really really good. Um, maybe not the moment it all clicked together because we kind of conceded a couple in the second half, but um, we thought. Before when when the foul I can't remember who it filled when the foul happened I kind of turned to John and said you did, he's yeah. going to score he's going to yeah, score here yeah you did and, uh, yeah. and I told you to shut up <laughs> the, the way the way he whipped the ball and as soon as it, as soon as he had it it was going in and the, yeah I think it was it was us three and uh, Niall yeah um, we're, we're sitting in the the, the kind of box and uh, I think we all said the minute it left his foot that's in yeah. I think we all said yeah, that yeah. it was amazing, yeah. and it, I think that the fact that um, as well that Griffiths had been—I don't know if it had been kind of a bit staler than he had been that, that so far in the season—and he was desperate for that moment. I know he scored, and that, that was his second of the night. But the the reaction from him and, and for to go up three 0 and I, 
I know the team Beersheva they, they were well known but they've done alright in the group stages of Europa League so they're no mugs and, and to put five past them um, but that was obviously the goal of the night and I think it was probably the goal of the run to the in terms of pure quality um, to to the to get to the Champions League group and a, a, a free kick I'm just a sucker for a free kick there's <laughs> been plenty of European ones and Nakamura's and stuff like that against Man United and um, it's just uh, it was such a good goal and the reaction after it going in half time three 0 up was was brilliant and and that made it. Paul's arguments here are just absolutely slaughtering. Uh, these awards Paul's picking up all that that's a really good argument for why that should be the favourite goal no, I, I, I yeah. like the Senderos one too because that's mm-hmm. pretty much that and the handball is, is his highlights for Rangers um, mm-hmm. I don't think he, I doubt he'll play for them again really um, and the way Dembele obviously he scored um, the header and he scored with his right foot left foot Hamish's argument for the third goal the perfect mm-hmm. hat trick as well so th- there's plenty of arguments there's so many goals though yeah. there's like yeah. 70 odd goals yeah. <laughs> we've scored so yeah, definitely. Um, I'll read out a few more. Andy, I've got a friend in Andy because he's going for Dembele's third against really? Rangers as well. Yeah. Um, Lubomir, 1965, Dembele first against City. The place was rocking and my boys first Celtic game. Obviously, oh, kind of personal t- touches like that yeah. always, always turn, yeah. turn uh, arguments for you personally as well. Um, Danny Marley going for the Sinclair at Tynecastle as well. Greenyards, Beaton against Dundee. Go a game you two were at. Cracking finish from Beaton. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the only thing he's done all season. Season, but a good finish into the corner James Coyne Sinclair goal against Rangers in the 5-1 game mm-hmm. another good shout mm-hmm. like I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that, that goal but that was a, a really good goal uh, Stephen James another goal that I'd forgotten about Griffiths against Aberdeen yeah. um, when he nutmegs I think uh, oh that's, that's a fantastic goal yeah oh, I, I, I yeah. love watching that one back too um, like just before we were playing Aberdeen or something I, I, I went back and watched that just the way he nutmegs uh, the Aberdeen player who who was it that he nutmegged was it Shinny I think it, it was either McLean or Shinny I think, it's, I think it's, it might be McLean it's McLean yeah it's definitely McLean nutmegs McLean and then bangs this kind of ferocious shot and it, I love goals that go in off the post and this one went in off the post <laughs> in the, the most beautiful way yeah that was a great goal um, Danny Graham also going for a goal against Aberdeen another really good one I think we could maybe touch on for a second Rogic yeah. at Aberdeen now this for me is a, a game that is kind of it was kind of swept under the carpet it's just another three points mm-hmm. but this was away to Aberdeen our closest rivals a yeah. place where we we lost twice last season Paul and uh, went and went and beat them 1-0 and we could have beaten them by a few more. Uh, we, we, we could. Have, it was again like it's showing the, the the stretch that we've took, and the fact that they've kind of stagnated or maybe slightly went back a bit. Um, we like we need to go to places like Pitodre and win, and and Tom Rogic's goal was just brilliant. Um, I, I just I remember because I think I, I wasn't watching the game live and I was watching it back, and I remember thinking this is going to be a tough game. I hadn't looked at the score, and I knew we'd beaten them quite handily earlier in the season. But going to to Pizzoli's or a kind of hostile place, it's one of these teams you really ah, a lot of Celtic fans really, really, really don't like them. And to go up there, get a clean sheet, score a goal like that, and have a good performance is, is you can't ask for more than that. And I, I think it it does stand out because it's one of the games that you, it could be a banana skin. You could slip up and lose your unbeaten run quite easily because they can turn it on and score a couple of goals. But we kept them at bay, and as I say the goal was just fantastic. Yeah, no, no, that was a great day as well. Uh, last two comments, Confuser uh, on Twitter, not confusing as at all. He's going for Dembele. Um, I just love this. 
back heel double nutmeg last minute against Rangers just yeah. amazing and and finally Scott McCartney going for that one we've talked about already the Griffiths free kick against Beersheva but before we, we decide this award I'd just like to, to point out uh, well th- thank you first of all for all your, your replies on Twitter but also just point out the, the range of options yeah. when you think of last season you'd have gone Rogic straight away wouldn't you yeah. against Kelly everyone would have said Rogic one goal this season that I read out about there must be at least 12 yeah. a dozen diff- different options there yeah fantastic and just from loads of different players too it's not just one player dominating um, goals from all over the team from midfield into attack all sorts of all sorts of goals uh, playing in behind the defence free kicks uh, rockets from distance I mean uh, as if there's any more evidence needed uh, this team has it all and it's demonstrated in, in the goals that they've scored who are we giving it to? I think I, I, for us personally I think that Griffiths' Griffiths's free kick is maybe the one just because we had such a perfect view of it we were right behind it um, just just knew it was going in straight away and just to see it curl away from the keeper was just, just such a great sight I think I would maybe side with Paul in that You're massaging my ego here John it's great <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll massage it even more then, uh, Paul. I'll I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you that one. That was uh, an incredible moment. Yeah. That that third uh, goal against Beersheva. Uh, that brings us on to the the favourite game of mm. the season so far. This will probably be should be a little bit simpler. There's probably only maybe three or four options. Um, I'll I'll kick us off with a game we didn't win. Three okay. three uh, against Man City. Oh, okay. I've got yeah. that written down as well. I think really? that's, it's, it's a great. I've got two games written down, and that's a great shout. Um, English champions, or no, English? Were they were the champs? No, they won the champions last year, were they? I, caught, I remember Michael Stewart tweeted saying uh, that they were the champions because it was a battle of yeah, two champions, champions after champions, the game. Yeah. Aye, that's what's confusing me. Michael Stewart. Um, no, the fact that we, we held our own and we we took the lead three times against them. It was it was brilliant. Um, obviously, the other the other obvious one. Um, I think you can know what it is, John. Yeah, I mean it's it's five one for me, surely. Um, unbelievable game. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I always say to you guys. I mean, before that game, I, I said to you, and I, I said to you, we haven't had this good feeling around the club since Martin O'Neill before the the six two game. We haven't had this good a feeling. Just all the positivity, all the expectation ahead for the season ahead. And then we went out and proved that point magnificently by absolutely slaughtering them five one. Um one of our biggest biggest one of our biggest wins against them ever. Um and certainly our biggest for, for over a decade. It was just fantastic. And there was so much hype about how they were the team that were going to give us competition. And Brendan Rodgers and his team just went, nope, we're miles ahead of you and we're going yeah. to be miles ahead of you. Um, I, I can't give it to the Man City game because we didn't win it. We can't give a favourite game to, to a game we didn't win. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. I think there's regrets with the Man City game, the fact we didn't win. Yeah. I think the, the 5-1 game against them was, was pretty incredible. I just think that in any other season that would just be a stick on I just think winning your last game of the year staying unbeaten winning at yeah. Ibrooks after going behind that's got to be shout as well yeah but surely. that's because that's the last game they will end maybe in six months the 5-1 game is the game you're going to remember um, <sighs> and the 5-1 game yeah. is the one that people are going to be showing highlights of for the next 10 years it's an iconic Celtic yeah. game one of the most iconic of the last decade yeah, I, th- I think the 5-1 the game has got a few points to it. We scored five goals instead of two at Ibrox. We had a perfect hat-trick 
we had Moussa Dembele yeah. coming of age and, and scoring his hat trick, the first hat trick <laughs> in an old yeah. fun game for, for how many years, 40 odd years. Yeah. And it, it was at Celtic Park. It was expected and we'd done the job, I think. And I know we moved 19 points clear when we won at Ibrox and we came from behind, but to, to slaughter them, to make them look stupid and, and do the business <laughs> at Celtic Park, it, it, there's no better feeling than that. And re- yeah. regardless of what MJ says about them coming through the leagues and all that kind of stuff, this was the first league game that we played against them in how many years, and we absolutely thumped them. Uh, we, yeah. it's, it's not going to go better than that. I think we, when we win the league, it'll be great, but I think that'll be the moment we look back and go, that was phenomenal. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. My only kind of the only th- it was an amazing day. It was absolutely amazing. The only thing that's made me slightly think is they are mince. They are absolutely <laughs> yeah. mince. No, they're not yeah. a great team. But I mean, they're second in the league though. So they are at the moment our closest rivals. So to to do that, we obviously we beat Aberdeen four one. Well, what well, well, about to throw into the mix just the League Cup final, the three 0 win over Aberdeen. That was good. That was that was amazing. Yeah. So assured and. and the, the fact that we won it so so comfortably, I think yeah. it just shows the Brendan Rodgers way. And um, I think the, the key with that one, I think, was to kind of break the Hamden hoodoo and get a clean sheet and and win it quite easy. Well, I didn't expect us to play so well on the day and to win so comfortably. That's what was so pleasing about that game. And, and I just wanted that kind of boring, comprehensive win. Um, and they certainly delivered. Rogic and Forrest were outstanding that day. Um, that's more of a contender for me than the Man City game. Um, yeah, but I still think. I, I, I love, I love. Sorry, you go, John. Yeah, no, I still think five one maybe, unless you've got another Hamish. I, I love topsy turvy games. Yeah, and I, I was at, I was at a game in Lanarkshire that was right. just amazing, and uh, for me going. 2-0 down going 3-1 down yeah. bringing it back to 3-0 and then scoring in the last minute yeah. to keep the unbeaten run going away against the the team that's played best against us all season Motherwell let's, yeah. let's not kind of beat around the bush Motherwell were brilliant that day they were absolutely they were, excellent they were and it still wasn't enough for me being in that, that away end I can see why maybe um, kind of watching it in telly it, it would have been good watching it in telly but maybe for me personally being in that away end and, and just being part of that there was like a real feeling after the game um, I, I don't mm. know I'd be inclined slightly to give it to that for some reason but like no you, no, no you, I'm, I'm giving it I'm giving it 5-1 okay. I've got to give it 5-1 against Rangers it's got to be that I think yeah yeah I, I, I get you mean with the Motherwell game and being there and all that kind of stuff but the defensive performance on the day wasn't maybe great um, defensive performance against Rangers was pretty much spot on yeah well, congratulations, Celtic 5, Rangers 1, 10th of September 2016. You have won our um, favourite game of the season so far. Uh, I've got I've got Moment It Clicked uh, written down here. I think we've kind of already touched on it. I'll just reinforce the fact that I've gone for uh, the beer shave at home game, going 3-0 up, uh, as we've touched on earlier, then bringing it back to 3-2 in such an important game. Probably the most important game of our season so yeah. far. Um, and then... Uh, bringing it back or, or scoring two more goals showing the fight and getting it to 5-2 I think that was a real moment when I said God this this team's actually actually pretty good and they, they could be the team mm-hmm. um, For me I think I would maybe go for actually our, actually our, our first league game of the season away to Hearts um, we'd just come over the, the tricky tie against the Stana and there was a lot of talk about how it was such a tough a tough opener to our league and could we do it against Hearts and we went there and put in a a stomping performance um, and a great day. That was the moment for me that I think that I knew that we were, we were the team to beat 
um, again this season. Interesting. Uh, that's an interesting. I'll, I'll throw one uh, like in a wild card into the mix this time. Uh, the six-one game against Kilmarnock. Um, it came after the Barca game. It gave, and then we, we we dropped our only points in the league against Inverness. We had the league cup in between against Alamo. It wasn't a game you're going to remember in a heartbeat. Um, we we went one 0 down. Um, the first time we had been behind in the league in the season, and then right. we came back and scored six goals. And we thought, oh my god, this team are good. Um, yeah. And Kilmarnock mm-hmm. can the Kilmarnock are not a great side. I think that yeah. kind of maybe dampens it slightly. But then four days later, we played Man City and we should have beat them. We drew three each. And we've not lost a, a game, obviously, domestically. We've won them all since then. Um, I know there's glad back in between there and going to, uh, losing at home to Barcelona, but I think since then we've just been steamrolling on teams in, in, in the league and in the Cups. Yeah. This, this might be a struggle to come to some sort of... Consensus, yeah. Um, consensus, yeah, because it's, it's kind of your own thoughts. Yeah, I think the, yeah. the, sensible, the sensible ones be a shaver and, and qualifying. Um like, Maybe full time away in Israel after the worst game yeah. ever is the moment it clicked. Well, that was the moment I thought that maybe we were just going to be terrible in Europe again. Um, maybe a good moment would be coming back to draw against Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's maybe too far into yeah. the season. Um, no. Because there was, you know, nobody fancied us to pick up a draw there, especially after being beaten by them so comprehensively at Celtic Park. Um, maybe that was the moment that we, we thought maybe we were making progress in Europe. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I quite like that six-one-one. That kind of coming from behind and going on to thump them and then being unbeaten ever since. That's quite a good one. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a million ways you can there's a million ways you can look at it. Um, I, I think you, you you could say the five-one game and and how they clicked in that game, but then the next times that three days later you go and get beat off Barcelona seven 0 in the new camp. So you can't really say it's clicked because. Yeah. the team froze and then they drew back they drew Inverness after that yeah. so th- th- you need to look at I don't know the Hearts game's a good shout because to get that winner and and kick off the league season away from home which was unusual obviously um, and then go on or maybe obviously. even th- this might be a good time for the Man City game half time at the Man City game 2-2 um, just kind of competing so well Man City were I think they were unbeaten in England at that point and they were, were they'd, won, they'd won every game yeah they'd won every game yeah you're right so they'd won every game under yeah, Guardiola who was much type coming into the summer um, coming from Bayern Munich and we gave them a hell of a game um, after the 7-0 defeat um, and after you know struggling against Aloha and things like that and I think the Man City game was the one after that 6-1 Colmarnock game so maybe that's the one that we should have here Maybe the maybe the soppy choices are way back in May when we we put a tweet out saying that um, Celtic are delighted to announce that Brendan Rodgers is a new manager. Maybe that's the moment that it, tr- it truly clicked. I don't know. Right, we'll, we'll leave it at that anyway because yeah. I think that's a a tough one. So I'm, I'm sure you're you're at home listening to this and you've got your own thoughts in your head. It's quite a nice one to maybe not have a definitive answer for. Maybe we'll just leave yeah. it okay. uh, with our own thoughts anyway. Um, we'll go to a couple of of depressing ones now. We'll depress the life out. You. The, the biggest regret. <laughs> Uh, of the season so far, I've got um, I've got a Callum McGregor chance mm, early on mm-hmm. in the um, Borussia Park mm-hmm. uh, in the Champions League. If he'd have scored that, and I'm not having a go, well, I'm having a go, but I'm not singling him out. I am. Uh, if he'd have scored that, <laughs> well, right, good. I'll come to you in a minute. You can you can vent your frustrations <laughs> in McGregor's way in a second. Um, but I, if he scored that, we we would have qualified for the Europa League. That that is a fact. Um, 
it was a great chance. Mm-hmm. We were knocking on the door for the last 15 minutes. We were brilliant for the last uh, 30 minutes of that match. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's the kind of chance that you have to score. Um, and that one, that hurt, seeing that ball yeah. go past, uh, roll past the post hurt a lot. Yeah. I think that's the, the, the moment that kind of kind of just highlighted how unprepared maybe we'd to have that kind of cutting edge in Europe that we've talked about in other podcasts, um, having that ruthlessness to just stick that ball in the back of the net no matter what. Um, that's definitely, like, for me, the biggest regret of the season, but just just one to throw in the ring, just on a more positive note, is just um, drawing away to Inverness. Um, if we'd won that, we would have won every single domestic game this season. And uh, that's an incredible thought to, to be at this stage of the season, having won every game and having the chance to go on and win every game um, it was an un- unprecedented season as it is we're going going for the unbeaten and that's great but I just think imagine we'd won that imagine imagine the bragging rights of mm. getting to this stage in the season having beat every single Scottish team that's played us yeah is your, your biggest regret not seeing F.E. Ambrose since August Paul? Uh, it's, been heart- <laughs> it's been heartbreaking um, no I, I, I was another one to throw in the mix um, and it's quite quite uh, interesting that it, obviously it's it goes kind of similar vein to yours. It's the home um, third third match day in, in Champions League against Munch and Gladbach. Good show. Um, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. We went into that game on off, off the back of the City um, draw, thinking this is the team that we need to beat. And they had three or four guys out injured. And we went into this game with a huge amount of confidence. We were, were winning games. We, we were... If we'd won that game, I think we would have probably went second because we're thinking Man City are going to lose to Barca, and we 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 we're, we're thinking we're in for a fight here for at least third and, and maybe second, and then I don't know why we just didn't turn up, um, and there was a wee bit of fight in the second half, but they 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 played a good game and they they ran over the top of us, and it's not what we're used to seeing at Celtic Park and in, in, in Champions yeah. League or European home games, and. The, the the way we all went into that game, I don't know if it was. I think we've spoke about it before. There was a kind of censor. This is this is a foregone conclusion, and that should never be the yeah. case in Europe. And the, the huddle we spoke about it. We did speak about this. The huddle was kind of muted because of the way that the Champions League music came into the you'll never walk alone, and the huddle kind of went unnoticed. And by after that, it just seemed to be that it was wasn't a, a game that we were right up for in terms of the fans and stuff like that. It was maybe more muted than than it has been at Celtic Park. Um, who knows if we came out and all guns blazing again the same as we did against Man City and scored the first goal we could have been we could be sitting here talking about who we're going to play in the last 16 of the Champions League yeah that there was a, I think the words damp squib come out after that yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was it was dreadful and um, at home I think just highlights some more the fact that we're all there and turning up ready to go and then walking home like that was that was rubbish mm. maybe our biggest regret is the home form going in the group stage? I mean, we we won, we got one point from nine at home after this this famous what we're known for in Europe, this home record. Maybe it's a regret. Maybe that's not just this season. Maybe it's the last few seasons. But certainly in the Champions League, I think I can the last six games uh, in in the Champions League group stage at home. I think we've taken four points. Mm-hmm. So stuff stuff like that. Maybe it's a slight regret. Um, but maybe again, it's just a, a kind of standard of where we are uh, at the moment. Um, is there? Are there any other ones you can think of from the domestic stuff? I don't, I don't know. If I don't it is. think so. There's abs- just just that Inverness game. We've won every other game, so there can't really be any regrets. True. No, nah, we give it to McGregor. I think you give it to McGregor because it's a single yeah. moment, and it is a yeah. big regret because the, the, yeah. there's the whole fallout from after that. So I think so. 
Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, Callum McGregor. <laughs> Probably not one you wanted to pick up. Yeah, no. Um, I don't think he'll be picking up this one. No, we're going no. for the worst, worst player. Mm-hmm. Now I've got three letters written here. I've got DDV. Okay, that is a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think when when you look, maybe if there was a worse signing, uh, he he, well, he would hands down take it. But I think um, for for this guy to be brought in and um, for for him to be to be sent as this new modern keeper that's going to <laughs> replace a goalkeeper who I think's a, a, I think Craig Gordon's a capable goalkeeper um, for for our, our level of club. I think we can probably improve in Craig Gordon, but I think he's that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. I think he's a capable keeper, and for this guy to be brought in as the savior to our, our goalkeeping kind of issues, um, and he, he played I think three or four games, lost seven in the now camp. We got to remember was caught out by a, a forty yarder from from Suleiman Bali for Kilmarnock and then went off at half time he wasn't injured that day I'm not taking that he would, if he was injured he, he would if he was injured he would have played since mm. since then let's be honest so he wasn't injured um, Brendan's told a wee white lie that day he was uh, taken off because he he wasn't good enough um, and he hasn't uh, kicked a ball or saved a ball since then so, so for me I'm putting him down uh, as, as the worst player so far this mm. season if, if you count a goalkeeper as a player yeah I think for me, it's maybe an, an, an even more controversial one than that, and it's uh, Neil Beaton. Um, I think he's just kind of been pretty dreadful this season, consistently more consistent than than Doris De Vries has been has been terrible. He's kind of kept getting a game because we didn't really have a player to come in and compete for, with him, um, and hasn't really looked like a player that can have any sort of impact on a game and. Maybe I'm being very, very harsh here, but I, I just don't see what he offers the team at all. I think everything that Scott was Scott Brown Scott Brown does two jobs when Neil Beton's in the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, Beton's just there as a player to to move the ball on, but moves it on with little threat or kind of urgency. I think he slows us down. Um, I don't think he suits this Celtic team, and I, I'm not I'm not slagging him in the way that I, you know I think he's he's awful. I just I don't think he's a good fit for the Celtic team, and therefore is is a you know worst player this season, especially since since Rogers has come in. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, uh... I think he's probably the, the, certainly the biggest disappointment I can think of this season. Near Beton, he was such a a big player for us when he first signed, and you thought he was going to come into this player. And I certainly had it in my head that he was going to be the next player who would sell on for multi millions. And he's just for whatever reason, he's he's one of the guys that just hasn't, I don't think, taken to the the Brendan Rodgers kind of model or, or for whatever reason. Uh, and he, he's just he's slow, he's ponderous, he slows the play down. And uh, Stuart Armstrong is just a, a much better option yeah. uh, in the midfield there. Paul? Um, I think there's there's one um, for me. I, I understand what you're saying with De Vries and Beaton. I, I think Beaton maybe has more been disappointing rather than, than really, really bad. Um, the one that, that jumps out is Sadie Yanko. Um, yeah, it's a good, oh, good show. Per- <laughs> the, the performance in, in, in Israel um, was probably, I said at the time, I think. <laughs> Um, the worst in living memory for Celtic. He was yeah. dreadful that night. Um, he he played he's played seven games this season for Celtic, five starts, two off the bench. He played that night. I think looking at that night is crucial. Um, you look at the team. Turi and Lustig started at centre half. There's no Sviechenko. There's no Semyonovic. Mm-hmm. Um, Janko playing right back instead of Lustig. He was booked after 14 minutes. He was run ragged down the wing, and he was shipped off to Barnsley eight days later, never to play for Celtic again. <laughs> he gave away a penalty as well. He's awful. He was awful. And what? Like, I know it's only 90 minutes in one game, but 
to, to, when Rogers realised, I think he, he never subbed him, which was surprising. I think I don't think he had the 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 defensive backup on. Um, he brought on his feet, Chenko later on for McGregor and made into five at the back to to kind of defend the the lead that we had, the, the slender lead of one goal. But the way he played that night, it, it shows the way that he was shipped off on loan like a week later. He, uh, he, was, he also played all ninety minutes of the Lincoln Red Imps game away from home. As well. well, that tells you something. Right, he's, he's, get, he's getting the award. I don't care. He's getting the award. <laughs> um, the, the the worst Celtic performance in living memory. What a quote that is. He is one hundred percent worst player one. of the season. <laughs> Congratulations, Sadie Yanko. Well done, mate. You are the worst player of the season so far. Uh, I don't think it's quite worked out for him uh, at Barnsley either. I think I remember seeing some tweets, and he's been disappointing certainly um, for them. Uh, we go to player of the season, guys. Yeah, yeah. Go to the good stuff. Um, Play the season so far. This is uh, an interesting one. I'll, I'll read out your, your views at home in a wee second. Um, do one of you guys want to kick us off with a name? Right, I'll, I'll just say a name. Um, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Tierney would be a shoo-in if he didn't get injured, but going from July through to December, I'm not sure it's fair to give him it. Um, no, I, th- I think that that's the, the main thing, the, the fact he got injured. Um, he's on my kind of... He's probably second or third for me, but I think... For me, the one uh, player of the year is, is Scott Brown. Has to be. Mm. But yeah, I know there'll be others, and there is others that will jump out at other folk, but I think Scott Brown for the performances and the way he does things. Yeah, D- David Ogston agrees with you, Scott Brown. He's gone for, so does at Celtic Fanzine. Um, I'm, I've gone for, sorry, so does Matthew McPhillamy as well. He's saying, Bruni thought he was going to be the weak link. How thankfully wrong I was. I think that sums up mm, a lot of the, yeah. the feelings. Um, I, there's, a, there's a moment I actually remember, and it's a real it's a real subtle moment in the season. See, see if you watch the first uh, few minutes of the Lincoln Red Amps home game, the one okay. who won 3 0. Mm-hmm. Scott Brown miss, controls a ball, and it's in the first 30 seconds of the match, and there's groans from, from oh. the fans, and it, it brings you back to the, the point. And I, I remember at the time thinking, give this guy a chance, but people were turning on him at that point, and the turnaround since then uh, under Brendan Rodgers for me has been brilliant uh, for Scott Brown. I, I've gone for another Scott, uh, Scott Sinclair, I've given it to. I, I think this yeah. guy. 12 goals he scored uh, I think I'm right in saying all but one have come in the league um, uh, for me the reason I give it to him was he signals the rebirth for me he yeah. is the he is the Brendan Rodgers factor he's Brendan Rodgers boy isn't he yeah. and he's um, maybe not in name but certainly in the way he acts he's Brendan Rodgers man and he, he um, he's come in and he, he scored in his debut which was a great moment he's scored in his first old firm game which is a great moment he scored at Ibrox in his first away old firm game which is a fantastic moment he scored other goals as well um, he's pacey he's dynamic He's everything we didn't have last season. When you think that Gary Mackay Stephen was that player last yeah, season, I yeah. think it just it, it shows off um, the change in fortune. And for me, Scott Sinclair, I've said it before, and Brendan Rodgers is the one who first said that we are privileged to have him mm. uh, at Celtic. He, he is, he is. When you talk about Premier League down south, Premier League quality players, for me, he is a Premier League quality player, and, and we're pri- privileged to have him. I think I'd give it to him. Would, would, would you pick him over Scott Brown? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Right. Okay. Just, just. I mean, it's difficult. We, we could probably pick about se- seven or eight yeah. players. Yeah, it's, to it's be like honest. the favourite goal. Um, There's just so many contenders, and it's just a sign of how good the team are playing. That so many players could could pick up this award quite easily. Um, and Paul, are you going for Scott Brown over Scott Sinclair? I, I think the the one thing that puts Scott Brown over Scott Sinclair for me is the Dundee game and the lack of bite we had in the midfield that day. 
Um, I know Scott yeah. Sinclair that was the game he came back so maybe it's a kind of paradox there that one comes back and, one, and one's not there but um, the fact that Brown is the, the mainstay in the midfield he starts every game he, he finishes mainly every game and he yeah. controls everything um, I know the, the it depends. I think it's completely um, depends on your view of a game. If you like goals, if you like defending, if you like assists, or if you like running down the wing, there's there's plenty of other folk you, you could you could pick for this award. As you said, there probably is. Everybody, pretty much every player on the team that's been starting in the last <laughs> six or seven weeks is is in with a shout because they're all doing their job and they're all doing it brilliantly. I think uh, mm. Hamish's argument for Scott Sinclair um, is incredibly strong, but I think it comes down to the fact for me that. If both players were missing, like Paul says, if both players were missing, I think we'd miss Scott Brown more than we miss Scott Sinclair. Um, I think. Are you going for Brown? I, I think. I think so. Um, the, the, obviously, there's, there's Dembele. Um, yeah. I don't know how you. Can, I, you I can wouldn't give it to Dembele. Oh, can, can I can I put out Dembele's argument then? Okay. Because for me, it's it's moments, and I've said it before. It's moments that you remember players for, and Dembele for me has given us probably almost every good moment this season or, or certainly a, a good maybe not everyone certainly not everyone but a good percentage of them have been through Dembele and for me a 20 year old to sign him the the moments he's given us the goals he's given us uh, he's scored what, how many goals have you got it there someone he's scored 19, 19 goals man. this season he's uh, he's been absolutely brilliant and, and the fact he's been talked about for so much money for me he, he has 100% got to be a contender Um I'm trying to think of other ones. Stuart Armstrong has got to be a contender. Maybe putting me off him would be the fact that his start to season was quite slow and yeah. it's only maybe in the last three months yeah. um, that, that he's come into his own. Um, Tom Rogic? Uh, yeah, Tom Rogic, a good shout. Yeah. The, the other one I've got written down is Lustig. Um, you spoke about it on has improved. I think him and Scott Brown, there's, there's similarities there with the improvements they've made in their fitness and their, their yeah. fight and all that kind of stuff. Mikko Lustig's played. 32 games this season he started every single one of them um, and he's just been doing the, his job the way it's supposed to be done he's been doing it right he's not been caught out that often and he offers something going forward that maybe Gamboa doesn't um, and even at the age he is he, he's still he's still got he's still ready he's like a, a, a kid at the first day at school he's he's so excited to be involved with the team and, and stuff like that and he, maybe the, I don't know centre the defenders and um, right backs maybe get kind of overlooked slightly I don't know if that's just yeah. me because of where yeah. they play because they're not the exciting player that's jumping down the wing and well it's not just that I think if I just don't think we've been We've not been outstanding defensively. I think our, our main asset is obviously in our attacking sense, in our attacking way, um, and we did concede a lot of goals at the, towards the start of the season. So um, I think unless uh, Hamish can come up with another argument beyond Scott's for Scott Sinclair or another player, I think we'll have to give it to Scott Brown. I think it's pretty undeniable his impact on the team and how consistent he's been, um, and yeah. and like in, in a similar way to Sinclair, actually has become has become the Brendan Rodgers player and has actually changed his role in the team to become um, a more a more effective player for us. He's not bombing about the, the pitch as much. He's kind of sitting, he's dropping back even into a back line and into a defence to kind of um, cover for players who go forward and then it's him who takes the possession and gives it to our more creative players. And I think if you take him out of the team, we don't have a player to replace him. Um, I think you could... You know, obviously, Scott Sinclair's been incredible... Patrick Roberts could come in and do the job on a day. James Forrest could come in and do the job on a day. But if you take Scott Brown out of that team, 
there's nobody else in the team that can do the job he does. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you two then, or I'll give it to Scott Brown <laughs> on that argument. Um, I'll, I'll give honourable mentions to Scott Sinclair, Moussa Dembele, yeah. and Tom Rogic. Yeah. Though I, th- yeah. I think I think Rogic is one. I just I think as well has been. Oh, he's I think been he's been brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I think I think he is to the way we play. I think he yeah. is vital. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll give it Scott Brown. Congratulations, Scott Brown. Um, grand old podcast player of the season. So brackets far. so far. <laughs> Yes, um, I'll, I'll read out a few more more of the views uh, from from the old Twitter. We've got Sean Monaghan saying Eric Sviachenko, Captain Mediocre saying Stuart Armstrong has to be up there purely for the change in form. It's been a phenomenal metamorphosis. Mm. Um, nice word, Paul Selfridge. Yeah, I know I've never heard that one in my life, <laughs> but I'll pretend I know it. Um, Paul Selfridge going for Brown, Armstrong, and Dembele. Paul McVeigh, Armstrong, just for the massive improvement and now being one of the first names. I th- that's a good argument about the massive improvement, but I think we'll we'll keep Armstrong to the massive and the most improved yeah, player yeah, uh, award. J- James Coyne going for Brown, true leader as well. Um, Brendan's Green and White's gone for Brown, Armstrong, Sinclair, Dembele in that order. Colin Slevin going for Brown just ahead of Sinclair. So basically just summing up our argument. R. Mackay, 72, Scott Brown, if no injuries, then it could have been KT, Keenan Tierney, yeah. Scott Sinclair or Lee Griffiths. Yeah. And finally, big, big Irish Celt going for Scott Sinclair. Thank you again for all your views. Um, but yeah, congratulations, Scott Brown. Um, we've got a couple... Of just things to touch on just before before we finish off then we'll go for hopes for the, the second half of the season yeah. we've got a few questions written down here I'll, I'll come to you first Paul what could stop us from winning the treble? Um, an unfortunate piece of luck in uh, one of the games that we've got coming up I don't see mm. um, anybody coming close to us domestically I think we've shown that we can beat everybody beat everybody handsomely um, even if you look at games like Motherwell we struggled 4-3 we beat them 5-0 earlier in the season Inverness we struggled and then we beat them Rangers we beat them 5-1 Aberdeen we beat them 4-1 who's going to beat us? Nobody um, Yeah I think for me yeah complacency for me would be the main thing um, maybe a poor refereeing decision um, I don't know Yeah, An honest mistake An honest mistake Honest mistake <laughs> I'm just looking at the the incredible form we've had. We've touched on it so much in domestic. We won every game apart from Inverness away. Uh, are we capable of of keeping us up in the second half of the season, or is it going to? Are we going to hit a slump where we maybe don't win in, in two or three matches? Is that going to happen, or or is it? Go, are we going to be sitting here in six months' time talking about the unbeaten season and the treble? I don't want to say on another podcast that we're going to draw points because I think I've said it on every one so far, and we've not dropped any points. Um, so I keep saying it. Yeah. Well, maybe I should keep saying it. Yeah. And um, I just I I don't want to bet against this this Rogers team anymore. I just want to see where they take us. Um, I can't even make a, a prediction like that because they just seem to to be doing the the kind of unthinkable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't. I, I I mean, obviously, my head says that we can't go unbeaten, but I wouldn't like to to bet against it. I'll give you the the reasoned argument, and I'll go if we get through January and February then we'll go un- unbeaten in the league and we'll win the treble because we've got a ma- massive month coming up. See, when we come back, we've got, uh, I think it's St. Johnson home and away. 
Um, one in well, there's a midweek game at home at St Johnson that terrifies the life out of me for some reason I don't know why but there's some sort of scary thought about that game because they're a good side we've then got Hearts and Aberdeen both at home but in the space of, of three or four days which is a massive double header you could, you could see possibly us dropping points in one of those two so I, I think if we can get through certainly unbeaten through this busy period maybe taking it up to the next the next old firm game eh, at Celtic Park then I think after that I think the fact that we'll have the league wrapped up and there will be this driving factor of um, going unbeaten the season, uh, I think will keep us going. I think the fact as well, the big point is you get Colo Turi in the dressing room there that has done it down yeah. south. Well, that's, he, yeah. he, he's like yeah. he's like he's likely to have advice there for the players in terms of because I, I assume that season Arsenal ran away with the league as well. So I mean he, he'll have advice of, of keeping the, the players going. Yeah. If it's one guy that's going to offer advice, it's going to be um, Colo Turi. So I think that's a big point as well but I, I think we could I'm going to say I think we'll win the treble and I think we'll we'll finish the season unbeaten I honestly think that team is, is so far ahead of the rest that they, they can do this um, and another one I've got um, that would kind of take care of this Paul will we will we beat the or will we complete the clean sweep against Rangers five or maybe even six games yes I think we will um, I don't think we'll play them in another cup I don't think um, the draws will, will get us together I think they might lose out Quite early in the Scottish Cup, I've just got a, a feeling about that. I don't know. Um, we've seen them; they're not a, a great football team. Um, they're they're kind of a mediocre level, and I think um, we'll play them twice in the league, and we'll beat them, and we'll keep clean sheets against them. That's my prediction. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, any players, John, that are going to emerge in the second half of the season? Players that right now we're thinking are kind of all right. I last year Armstrong type players. Yeah, I think for me that. The, maybe the most obvious candidate for that is Ryan Christie. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think he has the ability to do it, first and foremost. I was always a big fan of him before he came to Celtic Park. Um, and I know he hasn't exactly had a run of games or, or been able to show exactly what he can do, but I think um, any time that Rogic is maybe feeling a knock or something, we should just bring Christie in and let him, let him loose. Um, I think he, I think he can be a real player for us, and I'm hoping that under the guidance of Rogers, he can take his game to the next level. Um, and if he does, uh, he's going to do it in the ne- this half of the season. Any names for you, Paul? Uh, no names um, as such, but I kind of a weird prediction that um, that Lee Griffiths will be top scorer for us this season. I think really, I, th- I think I think he'll come back into the team. He'll, he'll get his time. He'll take his chances and he'll score his goals. Mm, it'll be tougher than Belly to score goals in the, the Scottish top flight from the Olympic Stadium to be fair. <laughs> so uh, all the best to Griffiths as he hunts down um, Dembele and Sinclair as well I think um, right, I believe you've had a, an article published uh, today Paul that's created a bit of a stir do you want to, um, it's safe to come out of your your, uh, your shield for now do you want to tell us about, about this uh, article you've written yeah well pretty much um, there was we were having a chat um, the other day basically about the way that the um, the media is perceived in, in Scotland, specifically, obviously, the sports media, talking about Celtic and stuff like that, and, and how people have this mad notion that people take orders from one place or another, and and the way that the media works, that everybody knows how it works, despite the fact that they don't work in the media. Um, they just they've decided for themselves and there's, there's no change in that so I thought maybe draw something up and, and talk about from obviously the fact that I work in the media and I have the experience there and that's not a bragging point anymore, that's just my job um, that other people might not be able to see and kind of clear up a few facts um, that's exactly what the other facts um, the the way that 
some people to think that the sports journalist goes on is is true and it's not and um, it's, it's created you say, created a bit of debate people won't change their minds on it some people might look at it objectively and, and understand where I'm coming from others won't they will shoot it down and say that I'm talking absolute nonsense and level 5 of telling me how to write my, my article and stuff like that you know but <laughs> we're now um, a Rangers podcast that's yes yeah. Uh, it, it, the way the way this the way things go and, and it kind of proves my point that th- there's no telling some people that the the the, the, the main the main gist of it for me is that journalists by and large write articles because that's what they want to do and to get news out to people um, who want to read it that's their job that's what they do they're not mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to get clicks in their websites and maybe make he- headlines a bit sensationalist most of the time it's not the journalists themselves that's writing the headlines that's the main point to make yeah. as well but yeah. the fact that that is they're doing their jobs and they, they're not trying to stir things up they're not taking orders or guidance from anyone um, and they're not trying to hurt one team or another that's my view on it that's from my experience other people have their own views and they're wholly entitled to them views and, and the debate's been pretty good to, um, to the main some views have been a bit out there but um, that's I say people's reviews it's on the website if anybody wants to read it um, I think for yeah. me just the, just to, to kind of back Paul up here is the main thing for us we, we started this website and this podcast from a position of positivity and wanting to talk about Celtic um, there's a lot of and for good or ill, and I'm, I don't want to take shots at anyone, but there's a lot of websites and personalities and bloggers, etc., that just want to kind of stir up this constant controversy between Celtic fans and the media. And it's just not our bag. We're never going to be about that. We just want to kind of celebrate Celtic, um, but also do it in a kind of, in a kind of maybe a more or logical way or a fair way and give uh, other teams and, and uh, um, players who play against us a, f- a fair shake and, and stuff like that. And it just, yeah. for me, like... It, for me, the media is all about getting these clicks and serving advertising and selling papers with sensational headlines. And I just thought it was funny tonight you had all this stuff about the, this player signing for Rangers who's the new Pirlo, which was causing quite a stir on Twitter as well. And a lot of people just react very negatively, negatively to it. And I understand that. It's not something that I want to read either. And I, I do think it's nonsense. But if you don't like it, just ignore it. Don't Don't share it, don't rage about it, don't don't um, send abuse to the journalists who write it, don't send abuse to the outlet that write it, just ignore it. Find the journalists and find the voices that you enjoy and champion them and be positive about them because that's the only way this is ever going to change. If no one's clicking on their stuff, then they're going to go away. It's just that's the nature of media in 2017. Um, and just just take responsibility for the for the content that you consume. If you're consuming that mm. kind of content, then that's on you. You should be seeking out stuff that you enjoy and sharing that and speaking about that. Yeah, here, here, and uh, enjoy the content you want to enjoy and visit a grand team. <laughs> yeah. Dot com. Um, I'll just I'll just quickly mention you can always send us any points you want to us to raise on the, on the next podcast. We always love to hear from you. Uh, that's podcast at agrandoldteam.com. You can email that. You can also leave comments. We're always looking for them. Um, you you see our, our various uh, statuses and uh, tweets on on the different platforms. You can leave comments on on facebook.com slash fritzagrandold. And if you haven't followed us yet on Twitter, you can do that at it's at Fritz a grand old and it's A U L D as in Bertie. Um, if you've enjoyed the show as well and you'd you'd 
quite like to leave us a wee rating slash review on iTunes. Um, I believe we were doing quite nicely on iTunes during the week. Where did we? What was the pinnacle of our powers? Where did we? Reach? We got up to top twenty in the podcasts, um, just behind wow. Chris Jericho. Um, so I'm trying to book a match <laughs> at WrestleMania with Vince McMahon as we speak. <laughs> Pretty good. That one went right over my head because I'm not a wrestling fan, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Um, thank you very much to uh, John McGinley and I keep wanting to say Paul McGinley, the golfer. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting caught between names here. Um, I'll go for, for John McGinley and Paul Fisher. Thank you very much, um, guys. Thank you very much to you for listening as well. We've enjoyed this show and we'll be back same time next week for more chat about the Selic. Cheers and hail, hail. Sit down, Indian styles, you recite these hymns. See, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo.